There goes the neighborhood. What's on tonight? Oh, it's Brotherhood. It's not the meter, man. Damn fancy haircuts and that. Oh, there goes the neighborhood. Duty is a poor man's responsibility. What's on tonight? It's the Brotherhood. It's not the meter, man. Duty is a poor man's responsibility. It's not the meter, man. Snickerdoodle. Duty is a poor man's responsibility. Reba. Got the brothers Tommy Caffey, Mikey Caffey, DVD. Damn fancy haircuts and that. Don't piss that. It's a remix. It's a remix. It's a force in nature. Remix. It's a force in nature. Will the real anti-hero please stand up? Please stand up, please stand up for the real anti-hero. Please stand up, please stand up, please stand up. Is it Mikey? Is it Tommy? Which of these calfies? I ain't got us! Brotherhood, which anti-hero should rule the neighborhood? I ain't got us! He's a force of nature. He's your fucking brother. Do something. Our future. Will the real anti-hero please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Our future. Will the real anti-hero please stand up? Will the coffee shops, hair salons, boutique. The real anti-hero please stand up. Please stand up. I ain't got us. Coffee shops, hair salons, boutique. Here's your fucking. Here's your fucking brother. Here's your fucking. Here's your fucking. Do something. Here's your fucking brother. Do something. Our future. Please stand up. You think the city's safe, and I guess it's not. Our future. Oh two nine oh three. Don't piss that. Don't piss. Don't piss. Don't piss. Don't piss that. Get in the trunk. Here's your fucking. Give me my brother's coffee. Our future. Reebok. It's not the meter, man. Get in the trunk. Oh, there goes the neighborhood. What's on tonight? It's brotherhood. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It's a brotherhood. Snickerdoodle, snickerdoodle, snick, snick, snickerdoodle, snick. Huh. Don't piss that. It's a brotherhood recap TV podcast show with your host Corey. Reba, get in the trunk. It's not the meter, man. Our future. Welcome back, folks, to the Brotherhood TV show recap podcast. My name is Corey. This is episode three of our show and we're gonna start recapping episode two of showtime's brotherhood on july 16th 2006 episode two of brotherhood aired on showtime while episode one had 454,000 viewers, so almost a half a million viewers, episode two only had 158,000 viewers, so that's like 100,000. That's a big drop-off if you're not good at math. 
That's not good. Unfortunately, people missed out on this episode. We have a lot of surprises this episode. Our very first interview. We are now live on Twitter. Follow us at Brotherhood TV Show Recap on Twitter. You can email me, Brotherhood TV Show Recap Podcast at gmail.com. You can describe now on iTunes. Actually, please dis- please prescribe. I mean, subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends. Your your neighbors, your enemies. Leave us a review on iTunes. That helps with the ads. The name of this episode is Genesis 2729. Episode 2 of Brotherhood, I'd say, was a slow burn the first 30 minutes, but actually, at the 30-minute marker, some crazy things go down and ended up being a pretty entertaining episode, if not tasteful artistically at least had some laughs a lot of them maybe were more like laughs being at not with might have been kind of a parody of itself but i'm jumping ahead of myself brotherhood starts out with an opening couple beautiful opening shots of providence they show the superman building i had mentioned in the last episode you see part of the superman building the most famous buildings in downtown providence the superman building it's 428 feet about a third of the height of the empire state building the tallest building in the state and right now there's nothing in it it just sits there it's a big blob of concrete in the middle of the city it Shut down in 2013, and these are all things I read in an article titled Rhode Island Superman Building Will Soon Go Dark on WBUR News, another local news station. There's one Providence monument found in the Brotherhood. They also show you the hurricane barrier. And the last shot they have is a shot of the historic Crook Point Bridge, which is found in Fox Point, where this show is actually taped in Fox Point, Providence. My favorite neighborhood. I've lived here for 10 years and I'm never gonna leave. I was born in Providence. I'm gonna die in Providence. I'm gonna die in Providence. So the Crook Point Bridge, the Hurricane Barrier, and the Superman Building. First three shots in the opening of episode two of Brotherhood. Actually a nice way to open the show. A little more mood setting. Again, showing us some real places that if you ever wanted to come to Providence, I would recommend. So one of my favorite parts of of the second episode is that the writers on the show decided to tighten up the episode a little bit more than episode one. Episode one was very sprawling. It was the pilot episode. A lot was going on. You meet a lot of characters. Episode two, they really just focused on three characters. Tommy Caffey, Mikey Caffey, and Eileen Caffey, Tommy's wife. Now, when you hear that there are three narratives happening at once, You would hope they'd be artfully bobbed and weaved throughout the episode. There might be some overlap, maybe some different points of view. Maybe throw in some nods to Robert Altman, like in Nashville, MASH, something like that. Shortcuts, a wedding. But no, it's just very basic narrative three-character structure, thing too surprising, very straightforward, boring, put me to sleep. Maybe they could have done a Rochamon thing, 
thing, have it from different points of view. Maybe you don't know if what Tommy's telling Mikey's true or not until you see it from another point of view. I guess they did that with the rest of development, that reboot season, and it was kind of awful. So maybe that's a terrible idea. That was a terrible idea with the rest of development. But it might have spiced this episode up a little bit if they had been a little more artful here. But no, no, it's just a, they just basically told the story through the three characters. So the way I'm breaking it down this week, folks, just going to give you Tommy's story. I'll give you Mikey's story. I'll give you Eileen's story. I'm going to do it a little out of order of how the episode was presented, but I think it's interesting just to reflect on each character, how they're being mapped out by our show creators. Again, our show creator was Blake Masters. He's also the boss of this podcast. He also owns high-end gutters, if you didn't know this. He's he's kind of a local entrepreneur in Providence. Blake Masters again. He's the one who hired me to make this podcast. Again, just on my computer. I have a microphone. I have headphones now. Still don't have the wires I need to hook this up. So we're slowly getting there, folks. Still on Audacity at this point. And we will be doing a Season 4 reboot of Brotherhood after we're done recapping all 29 episodes, 3 seasons. That's around 60 episodes of this podcast. Oh my god, I hadn't done the math yet. Oh, someone saved me. This program was made possible by listeners like you. Onlyville, Cologne. Smell professional, but without the diarrhea. Onlyville, Wiener, Cologne. Spray, spray, puff, puff. Come on down. Get it. 666 Harris Ave. This program is also made possible by Brotherhood Tours. Now, not on jump bikes, on foot. I guess you could use scooters, but they might get knocked over. I did knock over a scooter the other day. Sorry about that. Want to see all the cool places where Brotherhood was filmed? Like the Hot Club, Onlyville Wieners, even Roads on the Patuxet. Come on down, 666 Hope Street, Providence, Brotherhood, Tours. Want to feel like you're one of the Caffey Brothers? Come on down, we'll take a walk on the hill to High End Gutters. And we've got a whole new ad from High End Gutters right now presenting to you our first guest advertising bouncer from High End Gutters, also the promoter. His name's Trevor. Here's his first ad. Yeah, High End Gutters. Come on down. Play some bowling. Smoke a hookah. If you serve in uh, the Johnston, North Providence, Thursday, Firefighter Special, Providence, Pataki, your second hookah's on us. Sorry, Warwick didn't sign up for the deal. I ain't got it! Speaking of ads, this program used to be brought to you by We Kick Jump Bikes. And also, we put bikes back up. They were kind of warring advertisements, if you will. Unfortunately, that war did break out, and there was a fight in Kennedy Plaza between the two businesses. And really, all hell broke loose. I ain't got it! 
According to WPRI.com local news, on August 16th, this was written by Sarah Doran and Sheena Loshito, uh, there was a gathering at Kennedy Plaza, blah, blah, blah. Police said it all began with a coordinated event on social media called Ride Out, where a large number of juveniles made a plan to meet at Kennedy Plaza and steal jump bikes. Apparently, we push over, bikes went over, they tried pushing bikes over, we put bikes back up, tried helping put the bikes back up. Kind of all hell broke loose after that. Also from that same article, a citizen is quoted as saying, everybody stopped, they're banging on cars as they go by, trying to make the alarms go off, kicking cars, he recalled. You think the city's safe, and I guess it's not. I ain't got it! He said after getting their attention, several bicyclists surrounded him on South Water Street and started punching him in the face. Once they surround you, there's nothing you can do. Again, from WPRI.com. So, jump bikes no longer in Providence. Although the company said it was a temporary solution. And they might return in the fall after making some changes. Stay tuned, folks. Now that there are no more jump bikes, there is no more need for a company to kick jump bikes over or put them back up. So two companies are gone as well as two advertisers. So tell your friends, we need some new ads here at Brotherhood Recap Podcast. But luckily, we still have I Ain't Got It! That great bowling alley hookah bar on Federal Hill. We will be hearing from one of the employees who is going to give us some special insight into when Brotherhood was filmed in Providence in 2006. That'll be later in the podcast. I ain't got it. Every Tuesday, it's ladies' night. Every Wednesday, it's ladies' night. You know what Monday is? The Monday night football special. Coming soon, wings. For right now, though, you'll just have to be content with nachos. We don't have a permit for the fire later yet. I ain't got it. Now featuring a DJ, Dirty Deck. Legendary DJ in the Providence area. Been carving it up, cutting it up. He's fire. Also, bring a fire extinguisher in because we're getting low. So anytime you bring in a fire extinguisher, half off appetizers. Please be careful when you're bowling. We had a lot of unnecessary accidents we're looking to avoid. We want to keep the hookah and we want to keep the bowling. High and gutters. The show opens up with Tommy and Eileen getting ready for a day's work. Tommy's off to make ends meet, and Eileen's getting the kids ready for school. Shows she's a really good mom, but we'll talk more about Eileen later. Like I said, I'd like to focus our episode on each of the characters and kind of get a sense of who they are and who our creators were trying to write and what the decisions were that they made, and maybe they could have gone other ways with some of the choices they made, and maybe they made some good choices. It'll be interesting to see. Let's see here. We open up with Tommy. He's in an old mill building in Providence and that's pretty on point. There's a lot of mill buildings that have been abandoned and people are trying to flip them and still going on to this day. Even in 2006 Harris Ave. That's a place where that still happens folks. Harris Ave. Sounds to me like you got somebody to buy down the old Harris mill building. A bill mandating tax breaks for out-of-state commercial developments for the purpose of luring high-end firms who want to turn our empty factories into condos. Well, all those Boston yuppies who can't afford anything nice in Boston, they still need 
need a place to live, Providence being 30 minutes away. We'll improve our tax base, which will improve the schools, not to mention increased trade of restaurants, coffee shops, hair salons, boutiques. Okay, so this part, I have two things to say. One, yes, Providence is becoming a commuter town for Boston. That has been happening the past 10 years. It's only getting worse. Rents are going up. People from Boston stay out. Providence sucks. Don't come here. Blah. Coffee shops, hair salons, boutiques. Two, it takes, I don't know, a single person who could get to Boston in 30 minutes from Providence. It at least takes an hour if you're supremely lucky, if not an hour and a half. Furthermore, you take the train that's an hour. Why would you say 30 minutes? There's no reason to say 30 minutes. That's just factually wrong. I have a lot of beef with that, okay? So Harris Ave, Tommy's trying to sell Harris Ave to some developers from Boston. Tommy reveals he only makes $12,000 a year. As a representative, how else is he getting money? Coffee shops, hair salons, boutiques. There's a lot of awful background noise in the mill building, so it makes it more realistic. Oh, great. Yeah, we just can't hear what the characters are saying. Financial vacuum men like yourselves. Thing I noticed worked for us. Didn't know the numbers were a problem. We might need a little legislative assistance. I just hate when there's background noise, just kind of goes through me, kind of one of my pet peeves, but that's okay. We jump out of there, and we see Tommy hanging out with our boy, Representative Donatello. If you remember him from episode one, he's the dude who's representing Barrington. He's a force of nature. Unfortunately, the reps hit a road bump with the highway spur that Tommy had negotiated with him last episode. The Speaker of the House is gone and voted against Tommy, and he's screwed. A uh, bummer for him. Mr. Speaker. Hey, I'll be seeing you at the Festival of the Holy Ghost. Wouldn't miss it for the world. And as a spirit, it's a good one. Uh, Portuguese brothers feel appreciated. It's not easy coming from a second-rate Spain, which, in my humble opinion, is what Portugal is. Then again, I think Spain is fifth-rate to our native island, so what do I know? Mr. Speaker, we had a deal on the highway spirit. It wasn't going to come through the hill. Oh, we shook hands. God, I hate going back on hands. I truly so don't. There's a little bit of anti-Portuguese racism in this episode. I don't appreciate racism, but... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's some anti-Portuguese racism in this episode. I will not stand for it. Another strike against Brotherhood. Too many strikes. I can't. I lost count. You're so many outs, really. The ball game's almost over for Brotherhood. 27 outs times three. You get a lot of strikes in a ball game. I might need to uh, reconsider how I'm doing this. Tommy's forced to reckon with the power behind the scenes in Providence from the man known as John Fitzgerald. Now, the Portuguese element in Providence is definitely true to form. That is something that's very predominant around here. Fox Point, as we mentioned earlier, where I live, there are a lot of Portuguese people who live here. However, the Irish element, again, doesn't really fit. There are Irish people around here, but it's more like the old power are Italians around here. It's more like Boston would have a guy named John Fitzgerald running things behind the scenes, not in Providence. You'd probably have maybe someone named Donatello running things. And some beleaguered cultures, all power emanates from a single, almost invisible person who, in fact, wields all the real power in the kingdom. Only a few people know who he is. Few yet have actually met him. But everything passes through his purview. And I mean everything. 
I mean, John Fitzgerald. That's right, John Fitzgerald. He asked me to have a cup of coffee. Everyone has a breaking point, Tommy. Feeling some anti-Italian attitudes here. This guy Donatello's kind of a bumbling dum-dum from Barrington. Cool shot of Tommy and Mr. Donatello outside what I believe is the State House. And it's a pretty cool shot. And this season of Brotherhood, according to Wikipedia, not the greatest source. I guess I could look on the DVD, but I'm too lazy. Ernest Holzman was the cinematographer for season one. I don't know who that is Holzman. And I have to say this episode it was shot differently from the pilot and looking again at Wikipedia Ron Fortunato shot the pilot. So some of these tasteful wide shots of of Providence destinations were picked by Ernest Holzman, which is an improvement on episode 1. I do like these weird wide shots of random places in Providence that I love. And after this, we continued to follow Tommy your place for hookah and bowling. Family friendly during the day. Adults at night. So please get a babysitter when it's after 8 p.m. because it is not family friendly after that hour. But before then, please bring your kids. Bring your grandma. Bring anyone. Keep the hookah smoking down to a minimum. Keep the bowling lit. Bring the energy high on the bowling. I am goddess. As he's having a hell of a time finding John Fitzgerald, he goes to his office. There's just a random guy banging a hammer. I really don't know why that's in there. Why you need a guy just banging a hammer. I believe it's an office. There really isn't a reason that there's a guy banging a hammer. Unless it's to show how old the building is and that there needs to be a lot of work done on it. I'm still not sure on that one. I've been really thinking a lot about this. You can see these little little things really bother me. Also, the racism bothers me. Can I help you? Oh, Kathy, I called earlier. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. Mr. Fitzgerald had to go to the governor's office. They're going over the contracts for the new arts center. I have an appointment. Uh, Mr. Fitzgerald asked if next week would work for you. No, it won't. Oh, wait. I'm afraid he may not be back for quite some time. I got nothing but time. I get it. This serves to emphasize how difficult it is to get in touch with John Fitzgerald. Goes to show how much Tommy has to go through, get in touch with this guy, but it also goes to show how much the viewer has to go through watching this show, and how it's reflected on how this show's difficult to watch, kind of like how it's difficult for him to find John Fitzgerald, but I don't think it's being that self-reflective, but that's how I feel right now. Do you really need this much banging from a hammer? Not really that necessary. You're supposed to make your show enjoyable to watch, not kind of like a torture campaign but here we are and that's just the way that I feel rest in peace David Berman and that's just the way that I feel the air conditioner's broken Tommy miss, misses out on John Fitzgerald at the office, and he goes back to his own office, and who's waiting there? It's Dina. Dina's waiting for him. And Dina's unhappy because Michael's been up to no good. He's your fucking brother. Do something. 
So at this point, we're gonna we're gonna take a pause from we're gonna take a pause from Tommy's storyline. We're gonna see what Michael's been up to. What the hell is the difference between responsibility and duty? And Mike and his sidekick Pete are pondering the deep questions. And Pete, I haven't really talked about Pete too much. He's Mike's sidekick. He reminds me of someone who might have gotten rejected by Boondock Saints too. Didn't even get on the call sheet for Boondock Saints one. He might have had a part in Boondock Saints 2, but it got cut. He was on the cusp of semi-infamy, and now he's on Brotherhood as a minor character. Boondock Saints again set in Boston. Boondock Saints upon rewatch, maybe not as good of a movie as I remembered. And Boondock Saints 2 is just not very good. You taking drugs again? This guy in AA last night, he says, duty is a poor man's responsibility. The fuck is he talking about? Do you do this guy? Do? I don't fucking know. I I think he's a lawyer or something. Lawyer. And what he means is this. Duties about poor slobs like you do to help rich assholes like him fulfill his responsibilities. He's calling me a slob? You kick the shit out of him next time, motherfucker. So Mikey and his buddy Pete, they're talking about expanding their business. They want to be entrepreneurs. What are we looking at? Our future. It's isolated on the corner. Doors front and back, but the booking trail. It's not for sale, though. Yeah, but Freddy's already got a headquarters. Green bot. And they're going to steal... Uh, they're gonna steal someone's store. That's not very nice. And they talk about the green bar. Green bar. And at this point in the episode, I'm gonna hit the pause button. It's time for our exciting new interview. Because speaking of the green bar, we have some very cool insight from Trevor, a bouncer at High End Gutters, a promoter at High End Gutters. He wanted to come on the podcast. We have a very special announcement regarding Trevor and Brotherhood Recap Podcast. So here's part one of our interview. When I get in... I don't like to call it a story so much as I call it a journey because I think that sort of describes more the seriousness of what it was to me. Just more my my life, you know. I mean, not just the job, but it was the run through the drugs and alcohol and what came with that. And then, you know, my time in jail. But through it all, I loved, I loved hardcore music and still do. It's still an important part of my life, even if I, you know. We're going to start. I, I'm trying to convince the boss to let me do a hardcore matinee at the high-end gutters, but we'll see. Well, thank you, Trevor. We might be able to make some arrangements uh, now that we're a Brotherhood Recap podcast or working with high-end gutters, so maybe we can see what we can arrange. We're, we're here with Trevor from high-end gutters. He works as a bouncer, promoter at high-end gutters, and, and he's here to tell you a little bit about some of the places in Providence and what he feels when he sees the show Brotherhood, or at least when he listens to the podcast. Have you actually watched the show Brotherhood? Well, I'll tell you, that's, that's all. I haven't really ever watched the show, you know, because when it, well, that's a whole part of my, my journey, as I was saying, if you want, I, I'll get into it from the beginning, you know. I mean, I, let me, you know, the reason why I wanted to come on the show, well, because I thought, you know, you're doing, not just because I work for High and Gutters, but because you had mentioned in the prior episode that there was a place you called the Green Room, and that, you know, it's you you made an error there because it's actually was the green bar. Green bar. That's what. That's right. I I, I want to give a retraction to all my listeners out there that there actually was never a green room in Providence. It was a green bar. 
Green Bar. Green Bar. Where, where Scurvy Dog sits now. Is, it, is that, is that, yeah, Trevor, Trevor yeah, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, Trevor yeah. Goldman, folks. I'm here with Trevor uh, Goldman. You're half, you're half right and you're half wrong. No, there was a green room. I know this gets confusing, but there was a green room too, and they didn't really do so much hardcore shows there. It was in a pool hall, so they did more like rockabilly, maybe ska, maybe garage type stuff that, you know, kind of people took care of that they had fancy haircuts and that. Now, they're all right. I, I don't want to talk nothing. No smack talking. I'll save that for my own podcast. That's right, folks. I'd like to take this opportunity to announce that Trevor will be having a podcast on the Brotherhood Recap Podcast Network that will be coming out in the fall. It's a work in progress. It's a lot of synergy going on here at the Brotherhood Recap Podcast. And High End Gutters is part of it. And, and that's why we brought Trevor on the show today. Again, he, he actually... Did you say you worked at the Green Bar? Did you work at the Green Bar? Green Bar. Green Bar. Green Bar. Bar? Did you work at the Green Bar? Is that correct? Well, I wouldn't say I worked there so much. No, I was more of a client, I guess, by the time I was hanging out there. You know, it's, as again, I call it my journey because, I mean, it's kind of an epic story, you know. I started out as a youngster in the hardcore scene, going to shows downtown. Places like Club Baby had, you know, and look, it was, I was uh, straight edge, so I didn't do drugs or alcohol, no, no sex, no smoking cigarettes. We were, you know, pretty hardcore, I thought. You were militant, straight edge. Me and a couple of my buddies. I was probably the most militant. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Youth of Today. They were somewhat notorious for going around and punching people in the face, for smoking cigarettes at shows. Well, we took it one step further, and what we did was we used to, I used to be able to puke on command, and so I'd puke on their cigarette right in their face. They called me the one-man Providence puke crew. Oh, that's really interesting. That sounds like a great piece of Providence music history here on the podcast. So Trevor, tell me more about what it was like in Providence back in those days. And uh, did you say ska? Yeah, ska, ska got to be pretty popular eventually. You know, I never really cared for it too much. It wasn't really my thing. I was more just into traditional hardcore, which at the time there was a lot of bands. You may be like a lot of the life bands, 25 to Life, Life of Agony, One Life to Live, Life is All You Have, Life in chains life against the wall now there were probably a couple other ones that i can't remember you know because as as you are familiar with my story you know after after i was straight edge things took a turn i'm sorry to interrupt you but i i noticed we'll we'll get back to your what what happened but i noticed there's some some banging in the background some construction going on can can you tell me about that because trying to do this interview and i think we're gonna have a little background noise yeah well you know i mean i just we want people to know that there's a lot of construction going on here at High End God is a lot of things in the works. We had a couple fires recently. You know, people got to be careful with the bowling balls. We can't be throwing them around. You know, the thing is, you, it, it, we keep everything up to code, but when there's a 20-pound bowling ball sailing towards a hookah and that coal is blazing, blazing hot, accidents are going to 
happen. So please, I hope everyone. But on a positive note, there's that you can you can really appreciate the changes, right, that are going on. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. It's turning into a genuine entertainment complex. It, it's really something else. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Your story. Come continue for me, please. I, I just needed to say something before you know. You got deeper in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, like I was saying in the early days of my involvement in the hardcore scene, I was straight edge and I was pretty militant about it. But six months in, things took a turn when my friend offered me Mad Dog 2020, Banana Berry Blue. And I'm sure I'm not the only one early on who broke the edge, you know, within the first six or so months when tempted with a bottle of mad dog i frankly i was peer pressured into it and i didn't have the self-esteem to respond so i pretty much drank it in one full go and then that was that was it for me well that's some serious information that you've got across to us today trevor i'm sorry to hear mad dog has broken a lot of people i, I know in providence and throughout the world frankly the banana berry is truly the devil's drink so you went down a dark path do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Whatever you're comfortable with telling us. What went on next? What happened? Your downfall, so to speak, your spiral. Well, you know, I want to be as forthright with it as possible because I think it's the only way to do honor to the hardcore spirit and also to the, to the honor my journey and so i try to be as forthright about my downfall and then my recovery and now my upswing with hookah and bowling as possible so you know from it from the mad dog it just went into harder and harder stuff you know and then the harder i got with drugs the more the hardcore scene already rejected me probably because i was stealing from people and you know, breaking into their cars and taking stuff to buy any kind of drug I could get my hands on with. I, I don't blame them. I was a real scumbag, you know? And so, I mean, a, a long story short, because I know you want to get on the way with your episode review, but I eventually found my way to the green bar. Green bar. Green bar. Green bar. Bar? You worked at the green bar? Green bar, which in those days was pretty notorious. You know, that that part of the West End only built, it was a little different from what it is today. There weren't so many hardcore, hardcore, hardcore kids and punks hanging out over there. It was a different kind of hardcore street scene. Now again, you listeners out there, if you're not familiar with the green bar, it's green bar. Green bar. Green bar. Bar? You worked at the green bar? Green bar. Not familiar with the green bar. It was <clears throat> the scurvy dog is actually where the green bar stands today. Green bar. Green bar. Green bar. Bar? You worked at the green bar? Green bar. Not familiar with the green bar. It's actually where the green bar stands today. Scurvy dog serves the metal community more than the hardcore community these days. More goth kids go and hang out at the scurvy dog. It's certainly not as raw as I think Trevor's about to tell us it was back in the day when it was known as the Green Bar. But Green Bar. Green Bar. Green Bar. Bar? You worked at the Green Bar? Green Bar. Not familiar with the Green Bar. It's actually where the Green Bar stands today. The Green Bar. Continue on. Continue on. 
Yeah, well, they used, you know, without potentially running afoul of any lawyers, let me just say uh, the product they put across was not in its powder form, powder form. It was in its harder form, in its harder form, powder form, tartar form, powder form, tartar form. And yeah, it was pretty common for me to show up there on a regular basis when I had a little chicken scratch in my pocket, you know, get a couple tools three rocks and you would go out back and you know it was a it was a different type of community than the hardcore community but it became my community nonetheless better or worse probably much worse you know and then of course you know here's the, the ironic thing we're coming now to the kick of the story is that when the brotherhood started using the bar to get filmed there it attracted a lot of attention from tourists and they uh started coming there and they caught wind it was pretty blatant so they tipped off the police and uh they came and raided it and i happened to be there one night pretty much caught well you know with my hands on the, on the pipe so to speak <laughs> wink wink you know what i mean so you could say that they had a scent in the air they could they could smell something was amiss at the green bar. Green bar. Green bar. Green bar. Bar? You worked at the green bar? Green bar. Not familiar with the green bar. It's actually where the green bar stands today. The green bar. At the green bar. Now, do you think when Brotherhood started filming there, they were aware of some of the shady things? Were they trying to be, perhaps, they, they wanted to be gritty. They wanted it to be real. They wanted a hint of realism in it. it what was your take on the whole thing? You know, when they, they told me they were shooting a television show at the bar, but I mean, I was so messed up, I didn't really know what that meant. They weren't ever really there during the hours I was there, I can tell you that much, you know? I was probably either passed out somewhere on someone's couch, some flop house, something, when they were doing the shooting, you know? So I really, you know, and then when the show actually aired, it's, when I was doing my time. Right, so the green bar gets raided. Green bar. Green bar. Green bar. Bar? You worked at the green bar? Green bar. Not familiar with the green bar. It's actually where the green bar stands today. The green bar. At the green bar. The green bar gets raided. Guessing the next people come through, they turn it into the scurvy dog. This is around 06, 07. But you're in jail. You, you say you've never seen Brotherhood before. No, I never watched it, no. I, I was on a pretty long send-up, you know, for the racket I was running. You know, I guess it's another part of my journey, you know, because it wasn't really, I'll be honest with you, it wasn't just the drugs, but that was a big part of it. It was the drugs, you know, led to my initial arrest, which then led to the search of my property, where it was uncovered that I was running an illegal reptile farm. That's all from part one of our interview with Trevor. Want to hear more about his reptile farm and his redemption stay tuned for next episode where we'll be airing the second part of our interview as well as the second part of our episode two recap so thanks for tuning in folks i'll talk to you next time here on the brotherhood tv show recap podcast did you say scott uh yeah we back with the remix, part two. Hot and hot stuff. Brotherhood recap podcast. Hardcore. TV show. Hot and hot stuff.
Brothers Tommy, Mikey, Caffey. Brothers Tommy, Mikey, Caffey. Who wants to get at me? It's the Brotherhood TV show. Recap. Podcast. Who is the real? People gotta be careful with the bowling balls. Antihero. Will the real antihero please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Will the real antihero please stand up? Let's go. One, two, three. Did you say Scott? Tommy, Mikey, Kathy. Will it be? Will the real antihero please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Buddy, CNC, PVD, Providence. In the building, Mott Kidden. Did you say Scott? This is who gonna be the hero or the villain? People gotta be careful with the bowling balls. This show is the best show. This show is the best show. This is the best show known about Providence. That's all I can say. Did you say Scott? And that's just... The way that I feel. Powder form in its heart of form. Powder form, tired of form. Powder form in its heart of form. Powder form, tired of form. Powder form in its heart of form. Powder form, tired of form. Powder form in its heart of form. Powder form, tired of form. Powder form in its heart of form. Powder form, tired of form. Powder form. Form in its heart of form, powder form, tired of form, powder form in its heart of form.